What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me as always is the man who's always looking for the next thing he can learn about, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Gather unto me. That's what I, that's my motto. I just gather books and I don't know. Now, now my daughter got me into YouTube, so I watch YouTube videos, gather information, but I give it away. That's what I, I think. That's why I gather because I give it away. That's my. That, you give away your knowledge. I try to give away. Yeah, yeah. Not like I'm carrying knowledge necessarily in my head, but I give away books. In fact, I went to do a training this last uh, weekend with the, with the deacon, new newly ordained deacons. It's ongoing formation for them, and I took. I had some extra books, and I and I felt, well, oh, I got to take those and hand those out. And so, sure enough, I found people that I needed to hand those to. So the Holy Spirit works with me in this tendency to collect that I have. You you do love to collect. You love to learn, though. And in all of the years that we've been married, when we first got married, it was before you graduated with your undergraduate degree. So we got married in Southern California. The two of us moved away together. You finished up your undergraduate program while I worked. Uh, and then just not much longer after that, you entered into a master's program. And then years later after that, you entered in the diaconal program. These are all very intensive educational programs. And you have a zeal for the education program. I, I didn't necessarily have quite as much of a focus on getting and earning my college degree. I was focused on the family and you led us as to what we were going to be doing next. You love education. Yeah, I guess I do. And you know, I, I wish that I was a smart student. Now, I it, Being an education-minded person and a smart person are not one and the same necessarily. When I take tests, I start choking on doing tests. So, but do I like to get the information? Yes. And I have to do tricks on, on remembering things. And so I've learned those tricks over the years. And the kids always tease me about that because I'll do things to re remind myself by throwing whatever on the floor. I'll, I'll tear tabs off of paper to remind me um, things that cue me in. I've learned to, to do that. So I always admire people who can go in and take a test and just unload the information that's in their head so, so easily. I, that's for me, that's, on paper, that's harder. In, ta in talking, I can do that pretty quickly. When you and I were first married, we lived in our hometown for about six months before we went away to college. And I took some classes at the same university, at Humboldt State University. You did your undergraduate degree there. You and I went there together. And it there was moments of it that were very overwhelming because we were away from our homes for the first time. We were immersed in new jobs. And you had this program that you were trying to really finish up and then also slingshot it into a job that was going to support the family for the rest of our lives. We relied on our faith, uh, but we continued within our faith because you and I had each other. For kids who are going away to college where they don't have a support group or friends, maintaining their faith can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. And especially with completely different things views, especially when you're on college campuses, uh, they're just exposed to so many different things. And for parents, and as we've done the same with our children who have gone off to college, we pray that we have done enough to keep them in the faith because, boy, it's really challenged when they get to that college level. When kids go off for the first time, they 
they've had the habit of the family encouraging them to do these good things. And these are good things, but they haven't yet quite adopted them as their good thing. And so I think that's what oftentimes in college, it's that mulling through all the newness of college and living on your own. And, oh yeah, I've been brought up in this faith, but I haven't really understood it fully for me. I've understood it in the context of my family and the family's no longer there. And we see that with with uh, people that we went to school with and they would be looking at us like, how is it that you guys have this faith? What is that all about? Well, I think you're right. Because we were there together, uh, we were able to, to hang on to that. But a lot of, a lot of students are, are left searching. So that's the importance when they go to college to find uh, a community that can support that aspect of their life. And parents can encourage them to find what's, the, what's a group that supports your, your Christian faith, your Catholic faith, and grab onto that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's also very difficult because at the same time, a parent is encouraging them to try to find their Christian community, find a Newman Center on campus, find that group that helps support your faith. There are twice as many that are pulling them in the opposite direction, that are pulling them towards more secular type of living with just very opposed views as to what their Catholic faith is teaching. And our daughter was able to get connected with a Focus mentor. Now, Focus is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and they're across the country now. And that is going to be the topic of our show today, because coming up, Focus is about to offer a Seek 22 conference. It is available for college students, but also parish communities and small groups also have an opportunity to join in on that because coming up, I'm going to be talking with a focus minister. We're going to talk about his ministry and also the Seek 22 conferences. Great. And then after that, we'll just share how we were able to and how we're continuing to try to be able to bridge our own children who are now college students to their acceptance of the faith that we've handed on to them. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Take your time. You never take enough when time is on your side. Know that I'm, I'll be here forever if you need me to. Oh, your lives full of possibility like a sky wide open and I know you're on your way I can't wait to meet you It's hard not to stress out about everything going on in your life. How am I going to pay this bill? What about the problems in my marriage? My kids failing a class and the future. Ah, I'm not ready for the future. You ever notice that when you're in that headspace, you're a big mess? That's because there's no grace in that headspace. God is the God of now. He gives you the grace you need to deal with real life right now. He's not giving you the grace to deal with everything all at once because guess what? You don't have to take on everything all at once. Life is lived one day at a time. Scripture says, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light from my path. It doesn't say his word is a flashlight to see far down the road. Put one foot in front of the other and stay in the present. That's where God is. Stay there with him, and you'll be in a place of grace. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Why do you listen to Mater Day Radio? 
Is it for the prayers, Catholic news and education, or to be inspired? Whatever your reason for listening, we are grateful for your support. And as we surpass 30 years of broadcasting a gospel message, we hope you will consider leaving a legacy for Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. This can be as easy as including Catholic Radio as a beneficiary in your will. For more information on estate planning options, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Focus is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and they're gearing up for Seek 22. It's coming up on February 4th to the 6th. Now, last year, Seek 21 brought together more than 27,000 people from 20 countries and six continents, launching more regular Bible study participants than any previous conference. Well, Seek 22, well, they're going to try to do even better. It's coming up, and it's not just for college students. Thousands of parishioners will also participate. And joining me today is Grant Witte to tell us all the details. Hello, Grant. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we are always so glad to also talk about Focus. Tell us a little bit about how you became involved in Focus Ministries. Yeah, so I attended... Colorado State University, um, 2015 through uh, 2018, um, and they have had a program there with Focus for a number of years, one of our earlier campuses, and I met a missionary one of the very first weekends of school at a barbecue at the church. My sister dragged me along to, to the little event there and um, met a missionary by the name of TJ, and we just quickly became really, really good friends, and kind of over the next year or so of my college experience, my freshman year, TJ just kind of began asking me some deeper questions about life and the church and Jesus and kind of what I wanted. Uh, why, you know, why did I come around the church? What was, what was my purpose for being there? And I think I wasn't even a hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think having these questions, he asked me, I think, is, is Jesus at the center of your life? And I'm like, gosh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> um, but I kind of want him to be. And so he was able to kind of walk with me through trying to put Jesus at the center of my life. He taught me a lot about how to pray, how to enter into the sacraments in a in a more full way and a deeper understanding of what was really happening at Mass. Um, he got me plugged into the community and met some awesome friends there. He continued to have other missionaries over the years invest in me in a very similar way. And by the time I was nearing the end of my college Experience, I really was wanting to be able to give that back to another campus or wherever the Lord could call me through through focus. And so I applied and became a missionary after I graduated. And I think it's like really changed my life. And so now I get the great opportunity to do exactly what TJ did for me when I was a freshman with students first in Colorado um, and now here in Oregon at the University of Oregon. And it's just incredible just to be able to see some of these students and their lives are completely changed. And, and like the Lord is doing so many incredible things here. Uh, it's just some of these students that I've met when I first got here in the beginning of the school year last year, just seeing how far they've grown, how much they've gotten to know Jesus, um, participating in the church and the sacraments in the community. And I don't know, it, it's really like nothing I ever thought I would be doing in my life. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, on the Focus webpage, you know, one of the statistics that it shows is that 
30% of people who are raised Catholic continue within their faith. And we know that college time, it's its that time where kids and young adults are begin to really question their their faith and if they still believe in the same things that their parents do. It is amazing, though, too, to have ministries like Focus to be able to walk with students where they are to help them along the way. And it really helps reinforce what parents hope that their children will continue with throughout their lives. How have you found that having this outside type of ministry to really work with college students that helps them maybe answer some difficult questions, you know, when they're thinking about their own faith and whether or not that's the faith that they believe? I think one of the main ways in which we operate as a missionary organization at Focus um, is, is very much on a relational basis. Right, so we model everything after how Christ lived his life in a sense of like, how did Christ even do mission? And, and Christ went on mission by inviting people into their own lives, right? You know, he, sure, there was a Sermon on the Mount, and there's these more formal kind of, uh, I guess, studies of scriptures or, or talks that we kind of see with Christ. But really, at the end of the day, if we look at the apostles, uh, we like to say that he, he invited them to go camping for three years. And he's really like walking with them and living life with them. And so in a similar way, we want to not only come here to like lead students in Bible studies and reach the campus, we want to actually be involved with the lives of our students. And so not only are we preaching the gospel on campus, but we're actually living our lives with the students. We're inviting the students into our lives. We're inviting ourselves into the lives of our students um, and actually building really awesome friendships. So it's really, really cool. Like I'm only a couple years out of college and so Still, you know, being able to relate to the students is yeah. still, I'm, I guess I'm still in that zone. <laughs> um, but it's actually really awesome because I'm really good friends with a lot of our students. It's not just kind of this uh, pastoral relationship. Like There's actual relationships and friendships, and we spend time together on the weekends, and we spend time together praying in the church. We spend time together in Bible study, looking at the scriptures. And so we're really kind of hitting an entire life together, um, which is really beautiful. And I think through that, we get to have a lot of really awesome conversations with these students and be able to really start going deep and not only share about the church, but actually live it with them and model it with them. Not only like telling them about how, how one might pray, but actually going to the church with them and praying with them and showing them this is what we've learned. And so we're living this this way of discipleship of of, you know, we're, we're still kind of trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, but like, why don't you come along with us and we're going to figure this out together. And I think through that, being able to build friendships and have someone to model it, I think it really gives students the opportunity to really figure out what it means to be a Catholic, um, especially on a college campus where there's a lot of voices kind of uh, going for our attention and maybe taking us away from the truth that we were made for. Oh, absolutely. Grant Whitty is joining me today. He is a minister with Focus. That's the Fellowship of Catholic University students joining me today to talk a little bit about their program and an upcoming event. Well, Grant, Seek 22, it is coming up February 4th to the 6th. Tell us a little bit about what Seek 22 is. Yeah, so Seek has been kind of the ongoing uh, annual national conference that folks Focus puts on every single year. Um, in years past, 
uh, when I was a student, I had gone to, you know, large SEEK events in San Antonio, and we've been in Arizona and Phoenix, and we've been um, in Indianapolis, kind of all over. And since our unique situation with the pandemic as of the last two years, uh, last year with SEEK 21, we kind of piloted the first virtual conference where groups all over the country and even the world are meeting together in small groups, either in someone's living room or at someone's parish um, or Newman centers and all these different places. Um, it goes beyond just the students um, in Newman centers. Um, but we're trying to bring the Sikh experience right to where people are. Mm. Um, and, and this is often, and this is, this is uh, portrayed in, in the format of multiple well-known speakers like Father Mike Schmitz, amongst others, that are being live-streamed so that everyone in any place can get access to this great content that they would maybe otherwise not be able to access if they couldn't fly to wherever the conference might be. And so with Seek 22 this year, we're going to do this again. Um, now that we've got a little bit of uh, uh, experience under our belt last year, because, you know, everything in the beginning of the pandemic was kind of a trial and error. And we're just really excited to be able to bring seek back again to everyone's living room or Newman Center. Last year, we were able to host Seek 21 here at our Newman Center in Eugene. Um, and this year, we're excited to be partnering with the University of Washington to be able to host Seek 22 up there at their Newman Center in Seattle. Um, so we're excited to have a little bit more of a crowd this year, and we have a good number of students coming up from Oregon. Um, and we're just excited to be able to have quite the mix of students and communities, as well as some great speakers. And since we here at the University of Oregon are a Dominican Newman Center, and so is the University of Washington in Seattle, uh, we actually have some great Dominicans that are coming in for the event um, to be able to speak in person. And even one of our own area directors from Focus is also flying in for the event to speak in person as well. So we'll have a great mix of in-person talks, as well as the live stream content from Focus a bunch of other activities that we'll have for our students as well up in Seattle. Well, the conference is coming up February 4th to the 6th. Grant, tell our listeners where they can find out more information and register, perhaps maybe a parish group or a small group in their homes to be able to be part of the program. Yes, Seek 22 is happening February 4th through 6th, and it is accessible anywhere you have internet, in a computer screen or a phone screen, however you desire. Um, if you are a student and still want to tune in, it's going to be $75 for your registration. And if you are not a student uh, and are still interested as well, it's going to be $175 for individuals, or you can even do a group price for up to 10 people. So if you want to have some friends over or you want to get together at your local parish hall, it's going to be $595, $595 for 10 people. So you can kind of split it up that way. And that'll get you access to the entire dashboard where all of the talks and all the live streams and all the content will be available there for you throughout the weekend. Um, and there will even be opportunities, of course, afterwards. If you, you know, can't decide between a certain talk and you want to catch that one later, you'll be able to access that later as well. Oh, fantastic. It's going to be a wonderful event. Grant, thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you all of the best and for all of your students there at University of Oregon. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. God bless. 
And again, that is Grant Witte with Focus. That is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. If you want to find out more information about the Seek 22 conference coming up, well, just head over to the podcast of this interview. I will definitely be adding those links, and you can find the podcast on the Hail Mary media app or on our webpage, materdayradio.com. So darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Boy, Scott, I have a real fondness for those focus ministers. I remember when our daughter was away from us, she was going to Western Washington University. That's up in Bellingham, Washington, more than five hours away from us. And she was able to connect with a focus minister. They had a very active Newman Center there. But one of the things that really made me as a mother appreciate what they were doing is that her particular minister who lived in the area nearby, Alyssa was in the dorms and she got really kind of sick one week while she was living there on the dorms. She had terrible bronchitis. She couldn't get to class. She was having real difficulty breathing and her focus minister kept checking up on her. Mm. And then one day showed up at her dorm and brought her homemade soup to help take care of her. I mean, it's more than just feeding the the soul or the spirit of that student. They really look after them. And to know as a mother that all of these hundreds of miles away that, well, there were people that cared enough about her, especially these focused ministers, it meant the world. I think it was that minister and that connection that kept her going in her faith. I think a lot of the work that you and I did to kind of bring her along that Constantly, we had to remind her to rely on your faith. College, it's tough for kids. Yeah, yeah. And I think ministry of presence and being in um, an accompaniment um, ministry with people, that's what, that's what our faith really focuses us towards. How do, we, how do we interact with one another in a way that supports us in our time of need? And so, yeah, the focused ministers, uh, they're, they're great at having that that's uh, ministry of presence doesn't mean you're going to necessarily solve the problem or you're going to, you're going to contribute to the solving of the problem other than just being there in support. I think at times people, it's the um, aloneness and the uh, experience of being isolated. That Mm -hmm. is such a challenge for faith because our entire faith as, as we know, well, when, when we go to mass, the whole notion of communion is, is coming together in the body of Christ. And that communion is community that we need each other. We can't do this alone. And so when a student begins at college and they've been raised in the family that's given them faith, there's this sense of isolation. And so oftentimes it's just that one simple bridge that someone like that, that uh, counselor can do that gives that, that shot in the arm they need to continue on in faith. And so, Oftentimes, people will not come back to their faith until maybe after college. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so valuable about this ministry is that it's trying to give them, while they're in college, an opportunity to adopt fully the faith that's been handed on to them and not have to wait until there's a tragedy or a trauma that they have to uh, struggle with in the future. But no, keep that faith alive and going. 
So as we were raising our kids and we have had the blessing of being able to give them an education at our local Catholic school. And then they all four of them went to public high school. Now, our oldest daughter, she went to a local junior college, so she stayed home. So by the time she left for college, she was already nearly 20 years old. Now, the next daughter that went to college, though, she left at 18 and went and entered into a four year program at St. Martin's University. Now we have the benefit for her in that she actually went to a Catholic university, so she's really surrounded by her faith. But we definitely did notice the difference that those two years, the way that we've had to minister to their needs has been a little bit different. But the same thing for both of them growing up. I really felt like it was our responsibility to show them their faith. All of those years, those Sundays that we had to go to church every single Sunday, Uh, going through all of the faith formation programs, keeping them involved in their high school youth group program. That was our responsibility. But once they turned 18 and was responsible for their education in college, we also felt like it's their responsibility to take their own faith Mm -hmm. and live it. I mean, there comes a point in every parent's life with their children that it's like we can't force them to remain in the faith. There has to come a time where they take that faith make it their own. Right, right. And, you know, as, as parents, we, to the best of our ability, use the gift of the Holy Spirit of perseverance to persevere, to persist in presenting the faith authentically in, in, our, in our happiness, in our sadness, in our frustration, in our joy. We have to, though, present the, the faith authentically to our children with the hope that it will take root in their adult life. Without that perseverance, without the the gift of the Holy Spirit to be persevering through 18 years of life, how easy it is for parents to say, you know what, can't do this anymore. I need a break, and we're not going to go to mass this Sunday. We're not going to. We're not going to. I'm not going to press them on these issues of faith. No, that's that's what God wants us as parents to do, to be there in a consistent presence, in a loving presence, to. Give them this gift that ultimately we have to trust that they're going to take. That's right. And so many of our friends and we've talked to them and we know young people who in their college years, they do leave the faith. And it sometimes takes them a very long time. For some cases, parents are still praying for children who have left the faith. And that's also not a reflection on the way parents upbring them. Christ himself, God on earth 2000 years ago, Was Christ able to convince and convert the entire world? No. And so I think for parents too, we have to do the best that we can and know that and pray that that it will be enough for our children. And sometimes it might take them a very long time to turn it back around. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the gift of being parents of children who become the adults that you've created them to be. We trust in you, Lord, and in the times that we are doubting, give us strength through the Holy Spirit to persevere. Give our children the strength of the Holy Spirit to persevere through all of the noise that is in the world, to gently hear your voice. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great week.
You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.